chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Business Development for Strainwise Consulting. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, um, Strainwise, tell us a little bit about Strainwise. Well, we're a publicly traded company. Uh, we uh, manage and operate uh, nine dispensaries here in the state of Colorado. We won the very first recreational license in the world in the world, um, and uh, have been in business since since 2009. And uh, the consulting arm, we travel around and help people. Uh, get into this business. We're in the cultivation center, processing, dispensary, all the above. We do a lot of pre-application support, getting uh, their investors on the same page to raise capital. We do that in the form of business plans and opportunities. And then we really excel at getting people into this industry. And the first step is usually writing the application uh, for them to get a license um, to get started. What, uh, what is your typical success rate on, uh, on uh, getting uh, licenses? Yeah, we, we've written a little over 200 of those, and we're right, right around a 95% success rate. That's incredible. Um, let me ask you, you know, uh, obviously with uh, when, when we deal with cannabis, um, you know, there's a lot of IP running around. Do you find pushback uh, from time to time, uh, being that you also have dispensaries uh, as well as the consulting arm? No, I mean, primarily when we're talking to people, they approach us and say, look, I'd like to open up a store like yours, or their their end goal is to do something that we assist them with. Uh, so really, there aren't a lot of conflicts there or any concerns. Um, sometimes they're, they want to know what our what our plan is, and we certainly have an expansion plan in place, and and uh, we're advancing our own interests in different states across the country. Uh, and so primarily the question we'll get is, are you going to compete directly with me? And we, we can kind of, through the process, show them that that's not really the case. It's more brand recognition. You know, so if you open up a strain-wise store in your state, then you're, um, you know, the fact that we have a couple of more open um, lends credibility to the brand. And, it, and, it, and it's helpful, much like, um, you know, you'd see another, another franchise open. What would you consider the uh, the most difficult state to be um, to be in when trying to operate a cannabis business? You know, that's a great question. Um, it, it really is. Uh, it comes from a couple of different angles. So when we look at difficulty, the first thing we look at is is um, how friendly is that program uh, to dock? Are there barriers for those guys? Are they going to be nervous about writing prescriptions? And so the first thing we'll look out there is, you know, is chronic pain allowed? Is PTSD allowed? Those kind of things make it easy for doctors to uh, to write prescriptions. And so we'll look at that situation. Um, the other thing is um, permissible use. What's going to be allowed. Um, and, you know, if there are big indicators, for example, if flour is not allowed, which you'll see that in some states like Pennsylvania and Florida, um, if that's not allowed, you need to make sure that you've got that into your numbers. Uh, effectively, right now, we're around 60% revenue in flour still. Uh, so those challenges. So if you add all those up, if you've got, you know, 
not a good list of conditions, qualifying conditions, and then you add in um, a restrictive policy like no no flower, and then you further can look at a situation where they, they're only going to allow a couple of uh, cultivation centers. I can think of Pennsylvania as one of the most difficult situations we've been faced with um, recently. Um, and, you know, Florida as well. I'd love to see both of those states open up more and give more opportunity. So not every state uh, is going to kind of roll out their their program like, um, say, Puerto Rico, where it's uh, same-day cards. Um, they can card tourists, you know, all those types of things, where it's pretty much wreck um, in the guise of medical. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, reciprocity is a, a big uh, – another part of it. Um, you know, we've, we've seen that in, in other states. But, you know, there's really so much that goes to it, Dave, and then, and then you can – drill down to certain counties, certain uh, municipalities, they have, you know, really that's where all the control is. Um, so, for example, in Nevada, there are certain areas that we avoid because of the intense competition and the, the well-connected people there that we feel like um, are going to are gonna get the lion's share of, of you know, the dispensaries and, and really the, the, the industry as a whole. So we'll focus on other areas. So there's a lot more strategy that goes into it. Um, besides, unfortunately, just looking at uh, the parameters of the program. So what, uh, what different types of uh, consulting would you do? Is it mostly on uh, license uh, acquisitions, uh, license uh, lotteries, um, or actually like full-size uh, uh, cultivation facilities, best practices, uh, things like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Right now, application writing and having an outstanding technical writer or team of technical writers um, – with your company is important. And I, and I wish it wasn't the case right now, but the emphasis is on the application. So what we do with a client is we'll take them all the way through the process. A lot of people will come to us and they've got success in other industries and they, what they really want to do is, um, is, is get into the cannabis business. And so the first step is always with that license. So our focus is on that license. How is that we want to be an operator. We want to help people run their business and we, we revenue share with them along the way. And so we essentially share in that liability. Uh, you've got companies, great consulting companies out there that they just write applications. You've got people like a MedMen who are like, hey, come to us after the application. You've won the license, um, that sort of thing. And, and the the service that we provide is, is necessary at, at the application part because if you don't have a license, you can't do business. Um, and then when you do win the license, and it, and it is mostly merit-based, um, you know, we try to steer clear of, of lottery-based um, areas because we want to – we excel at telling the state regulators why this person's a, a great success. We list ourselves as an operator, and that's why I think we've had so much success because generally the state's going to look at this and say, okay – they're looking at the applicants, business acumen, their background, why they're going to be successful in general. And then the second question usually comes, who's going to operate this? And then we insert ourselves and they see our pedigree, our background, you know, strain-wise getting started in 2009 and all the success we've had. So that combination is usually a winning formula. But in the very beginning, it's all focused on that application. You know, it's it's interesting when you mention the lottery because, you know, uh, in some in some ways it, it sounds like it's the fairest way. Um, and then in other ways, um, you know, people that probably didn't have the acumen um, to actually perform under the lottery wind up getting a lottery and then falling flat because they didn't uh, understand all the regulations, uh, the, the paperwork alone. Um, do you see that a lot in your market? 
we we see it, we prepare for it, and we usually avoid that situation. Um, one of the one of the cities that I can think of is is Oakland. They have a, a social equity program, which is a wonderful idea. We totally understand why that's happening. Their intention is great. Their heart's certainly in the right place. Um, but when it comes to taking people from a disadvantaged situation and putting them into a CEO role, that's a that's a massive challenge. Um, I will tell you another thing that that uh, that I was excited about that I'm uh, I've, I've paused now given that the, the application has now been released is in the state of Ohio where they have sort of given a nod to the smaller cultivators and so we have clients across that state that are um, that, that this is going to be a life-changing experience for them but they're not required to build out a hundred thousand square foot facility they're not required to sink millions and millions of dollars in it but some of the regulations are onerous for example you know requiring someone who's going to have a, a thousand square foot grow to have you know $250,000 liquid cash um, doesn't really um, play along the lines of the reality of the industry because when you have a license, you now have an asset and raising capital once you have a license is easy. So um, I honor the fact that the people that put together these programs aren't cannabis specific and, and they don't have a lot of – sometimes most of the time they have zero experience in the, in the industry with what's happening. So they have a challenge and I honor that. But I'd love to see um, – when they go a couple of steps and try and incorporate and include small business owners and, and the little guy, for example, I wish they would be mindful of these onerous financial restrictions that kind of uh, disqualify a lot of candidates. You know, it's that's that's also an interesting aspect, too. I mean, even if you were to look at uh, purchasing, you know, a McDonald's franchise, um, the uh, the onus on simply that itself uh, which is seven hundred and fifty thousand in proven liquidity, and so that can also become very difficult. And and you know I, I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, cannabis is being forced to grow up, and and I don't know um, you know how valid it is. I don't know if there's a reason for it, um, but certainly the market seems to be pushing that to be the case. And it's unfortunate because there's people that have literally for for decades given their lives to cannabis. And, uh, you know, more often than not uh, are squeezed out of being able to participate, um, even though they've do- devoted so much to the uh, to, to what has become from cannabis. You know, that's a great point, Dave. And, and I was in Boston last week speaking and I, I I mentioned that just just honoring the fact that we stand on the shoulders of the people who really took the risk before. And then ultimately understanding our role that sometimes some in the future people will stand on our shoulders. Um, but one of the things I mean, of course, you need a lot of capital on the cultivation side. And so, you know, grows are expensive. That's usually an eye opener when someone's deciding whether they want to be a cultivator. They And they look at our model of being vertically integrated in Colorado and our our success, our rapid success here, and they want to emulate that. But on the on the dispensary side, when we can get somebody into a retail location for you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars or less, I really wish they would they would um, let those require. You know, I wish they wouldn't require you to have so much capital uh, or cash on hand because it's in those situations on just the dispensary side or the retail side, it's it's not as appropriate. I, I 100% agree. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Business Development for Strainwise Consulting. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. 
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Business Development for StrainWise Consulting. Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about StrainWise and uh, what they do. Uh, they uh, currently uh, have nine branded dispensaries throughout uh, Colorado. So, uh, Sean, tell us, uh, tell us what brands you have out there in Colorado. Well, all of our uh, StrainWise dispensaries are, are uh, labeled StrainWise. Uh, we have um, each... Um, specific dispensary has a different name to it, the Retreat, the Ridge. Uh, we're pretty well known. We're one of the top five companies here in the state of Colorado. Um, as we expand out to Puerto Rico and other and, and then states as well, um, we offer to our clients, people that want to have us open a store for them, uh, we offer some type of name. So what you'll see across the country is, you know, strain-wise branded dispensary, uh, and it'll, it'll have a name like The Retreat or The Ridge or The Sanctuary, uh, whatever is appropriate for that, that demographic. And um, that's the brand we, we've gone with. And, and one, of the, one of the key components to being successful, I think, is Aaron Phillips, our, our CEO, took the risk in the beginning. If you look at our logo and strain-wise in general, um, it doesn't have a green cross or a marijuana leaf, and that in the very beginning was a risk because people were generally trying to identify themselves as, hey, this is a place that you can grow cannabis. Um, that worked out for us, and, and now everything looks great. But in the beginning, that was certainly a risk. You know, it's, it's, it's funny how, uh, how the, uh, the, the leaf you know, uh, certainly has a, a specific connotation and how some gravitate and some become repulsed by. And, uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you, when you guide, when you walk that path, uh, that narrow path in between, uh, yet catering to, uh, you know, consumers and trying not to offend, um, you know, it reduces the stigma in a lot of situations where we don't need to have a, a leaf, 
to propel what it is that we do. We just, you know, build the brand. Well, exactly, and and I, and I speak about this across the country, and and we find that it's useful to talk about branding and to talk about. Uh, the marketing side of things and and how that's beneficial. But one of the key points is that you know uh, I, this is kind of an eye opener for people who will will either sit on a webinar that we have or 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 listen into to a speech that I'll give, is they don't realize that hey if you have that um, that green cross you know that signifies medicine medical so people could think oh my gosh that's only a that's a medical only facility. So as the consumer gets smarter and you know obviously they they think it's a medical uh, facility and they don't have a medical card, they think, okay, that's a place I can't buy cannabis, which of course that place could be uh, recreational only, right? And ju- they're just using the green cross. Um, so there's some miscommunication there. And as the, as the consumer gets smarter, and that's what we're really paying attention to. This is a consumer-driven market. As a consumer gets smarter, you know, those people that have those archaic sort of uh, logos can, can, you know, they can lose. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I always say education is key. You know, we, uh, we get that, uh, that last little tipping point, uh, for the rest of the country, uh, through educating the people that are, that are afraid of cannabis. And, um, you know, often, uh, we're, we're creatures of uh, simple habit, and, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, especially in Colorado, you know, uh, not signifying, but simply saying probably, uh, probably is a, a big attractor in the long run, probably takes a little bit to, to get there, but nonetheless, uh, would, would certainly be a, a much better modality. So I, you know, I wanted to, uh, to talk to you a little bit about your past. Um, mm-hmm. so you're, um, you're obviously you weren't in cannabis the entire time. What, uh, what was the, the motivator to, uh, to bring you into cannabis? You know, I, I first started looking. I, I'd grown up with cannabis. My my father was a paraplegic and and used cannabis to to offset his back pain and you know phantom pains and things that come with that. Eventually, he was an amputee as well. And so I I, I grew up and you know we grew up in Texas and and at the time you know for my dad to smoke cannabis. Um, in the early 90s was, was, you know, it's punitive now. You can still go to prison for it. Um, but I, I knew he, he took that risk. And, and, and having learned about opioids as I got older, uh, I'm really grateful that he took that, uh, he took that risk because I think he was a better father. I think he was a better person um, because he was more present than, than maybe with the zoning out and the, and the problems and, and, you know, the health issues that you have with opioids. So, I saw that, and then my uncle was in Vietnam, and he was uh, exposed to Agent Orange, of course, as, as they all were at that time, and he used cannabis to offset his seizures. And so at the time, I didn't, I didn't make that correlation, um, but I knew that's what he was using it for. And then, um, you know, fast forward to present present time here. I, I, I never really believed in the plan. I didn't think it was uh, something that would be uh, useful to me. Um, you know, I had much like many people when, you know, I, I trust Western medicine and, and, the, and the progress we've made and I marvel at that. And now it's sort of come full circle where I, I'd love to get, see more doctors in this space and, and see them, um, you know, get the, get the pharmaceutical model in to have options of cannabis. You know, for example, if your kid's taking Ritalin or, you know, uh, you're, you're on Xanax and things like that, those, those things are, are – we have something in cannabis now that isn't even developed that, is, that people are on, on a peer-to-peer basis sharing with each other. So I'm aware of that now. I think one of the things that really got my attention was people with Alzheimer's and people online, YouTube, Facebook, and other places where you'll see a video of a child seizing and the mother goes and, and, and rubs cannabis oil 
um, on on the on the kid's feet, and then the seizures stop. So the epilepsy side of things, the PTSD things for uh, for soldiers. I mean, those for me, that's enough to end prohibition in itself. Hundred percent, couldn't agree more. You know, I mean, if we can get uh, any kind of relief for uh, patients and, and people, you know, I mean, every everybody's a patient at some point or another, um, but getting re- relief that isn't uh, hazardous. I mean, you know, just taking ibuprofen regularly is going to wreck your, your your kidneys or your liver. You know, I mean, these types of things we, we have to change. You know, uh, here in Arizona, we have a, a company called Insys Therapeutics. You probably heard of them. Uh, they were uh, one of the people that uh, helped uh, us lose our uh, Prop 205, which was our recreational bill. Uh, they donated $500,000 to uh, the the no on 205 campaign. Uh, all the while, uh, their only product that they had was uh, one that uh, was a sublingual fentanyl spray for the uh, opioid um, uh, tolerant person. Um, it's only supposed to be for cancer pain. Uh, they were prescribing off-label. They were uh, asking people, you know, they were actually acting as uh, the, uh, the doctor often uh, speaking to the insurance companies. Horrible, horrible company. Getting so many people uh, addicted to one of the most addictive substances known to man. All the while, they uh, were also working on a product uh, uh, that was a, a synthetic cannabinoid called uh, drobinanol. Um, you know, it's it's these types of things that uh, we we have to be vigilant for and uh, not allow our uh, our government and our big corporations to be able to uh, uh, sidestep uh, us in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I uh, all of that is is unfortunate and sort of you know part of our system. I, I do have an appreciation having worked with lobbyists and and I worked on one presidential campaign as well, and I, I do have um, you know sympathy. I think our system is is better than most, but but absolutely to your point, you know, you start to follow the money and you run into situations like that. One of the most eye opening presentations that I've attended uh, was a doctor speaking about the um, how much money is in opioids, you know, and you're looking around um, nine billion dollars a year is is what we're consuming. Some states like West Virginia have more prescriptions written than they have people. And so, uh, you know, th- there, there are challenges with that. But the other thing is, is to your point of uh, opioid um, uh, when you bring when you build up a tolerance for it, the billion dollars a year being sold and things like that, and you can see these on TV with you know opioid induced constipation, things like that. So, the uh, the residual effects of opioid is they found a way to loop back in, and and um, I agree. I, I think cannabis is a, is a is a legitimate um, competitor and a solution in some instances. Um, I'm I'm sensitive to the fentanyl part of things. I had a cousin that died of an overdose of that. So, um, and, and, you know, our story, David, and what we're talking about now is, is, is going on across this country and people can relate to that. Um, the opioid crisis, we heard, um, the DEA chief uh, a couple of years ago start speaking about that. That's something that seems to be on the administration's radar. Uh, so we hope to have that. I can tell you this: when I talk to clients that are that are, you know, I always ask why. Why are you getting this business? What draws you here? And when it's Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, it's all opioid. That's our whole entire conversation. So my heart's in that, and that does affect um, our pricing and other things because we want to get this this plant uh, available to as many people and especially in the um in the states that are suffering but here's the thing the states that are suffering are the ones that are publishing that data and saying that but we all know people are suffering in every single state it's an epidemic in every single state 
It's an epidemic that's been brought on by the pharmaceuticals and our doctors, and it's unfortunate. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Business Development for Strainwise Consulting. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We've been talking to Vice President of Business Development for Strainwise Consulting, uh, diving down the uh, the opioid rabbit hole. Um, you know, I think one of the the most interesting aspects of the uh, the opioid as well the opioids in general and the and the the the, the almost pandemic scenario that's going on um, is is the 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 fact that it is something that has been pushed on us almost um, at will, and um, it, it it affects all walks of life. That being said, in the states that have medical or cannabis or medical or recreational cannabis, we're seeing a reduction in the consumption of opioids. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Uh, we've, we, you see reduction in, in different in types of consumption as well. Um, one of the things, I mean, uh, cannabis users are actually poor consumers. If you if you start to look at that, you know, and the in the behavior, right? So, uh, to be fair, uh, if you start with a bigger picture, states get federal funding to fight the drug war, 
right? And so there's there's a there's they're entrenched in that, and there's funding for that. And then when you look at you know the amount of DWIs written in states where you have recreational um, cannabis legal, that's down. Beer sales get down. So you really start to look at this, and and businesses cannot take a six percent, seven percent, ten percent haircut. That there's too much at risk. And when you look at that versus the gross amount of sales revenue, doesn't take a lot for these interest groups to fund um, delays like you see in Arizona and things like that. Specifically, it's a, it's a cost of doing business that they'd rather go ahead and spend that up front versus having the uh, the market share loss. So yeah, cannabis competes with a lot of a lot of different things. Um, opioids for sure. I, I definitely like I have used recently had a surgery on my jaw and was speaking in New York and taking opioids. And I'm absolutely grateful that 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 was available to me. Um, tried to supplement that in the evening with an edible and was was woken up in the middle of the night with some extreme pain. So for those 48 hours after that surgery, I had the surgery and literally got on a plane. That was probably a bad idea. But for that time period, absolutely effective. Um, one of the things that's, that's shocking to me is, is, is doctors are polled and you know some 70% of them will tell you that opioids are the most effective things they can prescribe. So you can see there's an education gap there and a comfort level. Um, with doctors and to to give them credit and to understand their struggle, if you have a thriving business as doctors have done, gone to school all that time, you know, to start prescribing cannabis is a risk for them. So I, I totally honor that. What I would love to see is Western medicine meet cannabis somewhere in the middle. Um, opioids don't have to go away. They just need to be specific and, and help people. And um, you, it needs to be a little bit of a more altruistic. I understand we're a capitalist society and, and Colorado wouldn't have thrived without a capitalistic model here. We really ha have led the country in how to roll out cannabis. It's very inexpensive to get in the business. Um, most people can do it. In the very beginning, at least it was like that. So I, I honor it, and I, and I understand that there's just, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's so many different ways to approach um, this problem. You know, I'm I'm glad you said that. You know, uh, doctors do uh, get uh, you know the uh, the short end of the stick a lot of times, kind of like lawyers. You know, um, where they uh, produce a a very needed service. Um, it is the, the 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 mental disconnect that is uh, that's happening, and uh, you know, it's maybe it's it's just the advertising that the pharmaceuticals uh, companies are are providing, um, the uh, overabundant technical papers that I mean we can have any technical white paper uh, read however we want it to read, and I mean that's something that's happened over and over and over again. I mean even just looking at uh, any of the negative uh, studies on cannabis, um, we can generally thwart what it is that they say. Um, based on, you know, good science that we do have. Um, but nonetheless, the paper exists. Um, and it's it's pushed over and over again. You know, it's it's like we're being brainwashed at every turn. And all of our people, regardless of life. Yeah, and as you root for catch up or, or, or get into a situation, you know, we're talking about federal legalization to, to, to release the pressure from them. But then the other side is, you know, all of us have somebody in can that has cancer in their family, uh, my friends currently that are that are dying of cancer, and if if cannabis in a certain dosage, um, you know beyond maybe a simple edible or something like that, in a specific dosage, if it prevents the spreading of cancer cells, that's important. And not to be dramatic, but if you're going to wait 20 years or so um, to roll out um, this plant and and as a as a viable treatment, then you know the the deaths that are that happen and the suffering is unnecessary, and and there's a responsibility there. So 
I worry about the lack of trust with Western medicine um, because I see it here in Colorado and I travel across the country. I have people that come up to me and they're using these formulas and doing this to treat different things. And look, it takes a lot of courage to treat yourself. And when these soldiers come back, they're giving a, they're given a bunch of different um, products and a bunch of different drugs. And they have to it takes them they have to get unaddicted to that. They have to go in recovery. They have to and then then take the risk to start smoking cannabis. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen and a lot of courage that has to happen. So I don't like to see people go against Western medicine. I'd love to see the two working together. And we will definitely get back to that point as long as we have uh, sages in the uh, the industry that can continue pushing that. And I thank you for doing that. Uh, you know, we're just about out of time, but I'd love to uh, give you a quick plug so uh, you guys can, uh, all of our listeners here, we can uh, get in touch with Strainwise Consulting. Uh, that's strainwiseconsulting.com. Uh, and uh, they also have uh, free webinars that you can, uh, you know, get some additional information on. Uh, any closing comments, Sean? No, Dave, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I would just invite everybody. We've got you know about 20,000 hours of content. We do weekly webinars. We're focused on the business of cannabis and getting people in this business. Um, that's what we love. And, and I so appreciate, Dave, what you do with your show and your podcast and uh, keep moving forward. And if there's anything I can do to help you out, please let me know. I will definitely check in on you guys and see how you are uh, rolling out across our beautiful country. Uh, and I want to thank all of you for joining us for this edition of the State of You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.